You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode bit of a golfing podcast today All right. uh yeah definitely um friend of the pod uh, mr philip bryan thanks for taking the time out and having me down at the house to Absolutely. talk about i guess talk about some ou golf stories and just talk about golf in general and you know i think some i don't think we've had an ou golfer or former ou golfer on the podcast so had no su golfer and that's about it Who? but um taylor gooch Okay. So that was fun. He's doing well. Second year on tour, I guess. Um, yeah, he's a real golfer. He's a real golfer, yeah. yeah. But no, t- tell us a little bit about, like, you know, his story where he grew up and all that kind of stuff. Okay, well. All the boring, nitty-gritty stuff first. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll do it real quick. Uh, I grew up here in Mustang and, um, you know, played all sports and all that good stuff. And golf was always kind of number one, but I won the Junior PGA Championship uh, when I was 16, 17, something like that. So that's kind of what got all the colleges looking, and I ended up at OU. Yeah. And had a really good time there, played golf there, and was a coach for uh, – I was the assistant coach at OU for a little bit, then I went to Louisville, and then thank goodness I got out coaching and sell commercial insurance. Now, yeah. So. so born and raised in, in Mustang? For the most part, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. When mm-hmm. I was younger, we, we moved around a little bit more. But okay. Yeah, I, we, we moved to Mustang – Shoot, I was 10 or 11, something like that. And family, too? Yeah. Your brother's sisters? Yep, have an older brother and a younger sister, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So did dad and older brother start playing golf first, or was it kind of all the uh, same Certainly time? my older brother. Uh, we would play a lot of golf growing up. My dad really wasn't much of a golfer. Yeah. He, he would come out and play when we were younger. But, shoot, we played a little scramble uh, Friday, and I think it's the only time he plays golf every year. Yeah. So it was, it was fun. But, but you always, I guess, had your brother around to try and, as every younger brother does, they look up to their older brother and it's like, I want to beat you. Do you have that competitiveness with you growing up? He's probably going to listen to this, so I don't want to say I looked up to him. Um, but but no, yeah, we uh, we would play against each other all the time, yeah. 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 Were you better naturally from a young age than he was? Oh, I don't think I was better naturally. I just think that... Um, no, I don't think I was better. I mean, um, you know, maybe when he got a little older, 15, 16, 17, you know, I'm, I'm two years younger than he is. Mm-hmm. And um, I just... My parents basically learned from him what terms for me to play in. So I had a little bit better competition growing gotcha. up. Um, so I naturally got a little bit better. But no, initially I wasn't any better. And shoot now, I mean, we'll we'll go play quite a bit. He'll play in our gambling games on Saturday and stuff. And I don't know what happened, but this year he hits it like 40 yards past me. It, <laughs> it's, it's horrible. Um, and so like I'll, I'll show you all my golf gadgets after this thing's over. Um, but I just I can't hit it as far as him. Yeah. It's infuriating. And he uses one of my old drivers. It's like oh, four, that's even worse. It, it's a four-year-old Ping G30 driver. Yeah. And it's just... Because <sighs> it's not like you can go out and be like, oh, he's just bought a new driver. It's new technology, whatever it is. Like, I tried all the technology. <laughs> and all the machines say is I am shorter and shorter. Yeah. Yeah. So, But it's good you guys still play together. You still have a regular game. And, oh, yeah. You know, you still kind of have that. Yeah, we have um, a game, yeah. So, you know, 15, 16 the tournaments that he would have played in and your parents would have had to learn from it's such a different atmosphere out here than it is the back home because all our tournaments are within an hour's drive pretty much maybe two hours but 
you know, you, you're staying, definitely staying within the country. And you know, the country is smaller than the state of Oklahoma. But yeah. it, did you travel quite a bit as a kid then? No, no, we, we couldn't afford it. And shoot, e- even now, I mean, I have two kids now. Um, goodness, when they get into competitive golf, I, I need to start saving now. Yeah. Um, you know, because if you want to travel, I mean, if there's a big, big tournament, you know, in, in Florida, I mean, you got to fly them down there. You got to fly yourself down there. You're not going to send a 14-year-old kid by himself. You got to stay somewhere. Uh, you know, the entry fee is probably three, four, five hundred $500. I mean, yeah. you could spend $2,000 on one golf tournament. If you pay five, you know, playing five to 10 golf tournaments, yeah, that's a lot of money for junior golf. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. When, when I was uh, the assistant at OU in Louisville, a big part of the assistant coach is you go out and recruit. So, you know, let's say the summer is uh, 12 weeks long. You know, 10 of those weeks I was out watching 14 to 17-year-olds play golf. And I would always think, how are these parents affording this? And, well, you know, that's why a lot of these, you know, golfers, because some of them kind of have the, the rich kid mentality. Well, because a lot of them are rich kids, yeah. you know. Yeah, so. that, that's true, though, because, like, you know, you can't – it's not cheap. And every – you know, the state association is good, but they're not amazing, yeah. I know. I think Texas is probably the best at it. Um, yeah, but Texas is so big. Too. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But like just, you know, growing up and wanting to compete, there's definitely a barrier there with just money around, isn't yeah. there? You know? Yeah, we we were very fortunate. Um, I don't even know if these tournaments, I mean, because, I mean, this is 20 years ago, uh, but if these tournaments are still around, but they used to have a PGA Junior Series. And so those, you could find a few of those that are relatively local. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you won one of those, it would qualify you for like the junior PGA. Um, and shoot, even when I was 11, I remember I won one of those and that qualified me to go to the junior world out in California. And I remember walking around to local businesses, you know, trying to raise money to go to California. Um, but yeah, so that year that I won that junior PGA, I had won a PGA junior series and, um, they actually paid for my flight and my mom came with me, her flight, and then they paid for all the lodging and everything. So it just really worked out that week. Um, and then that, you know, I could play in any AJGA tournament I wanted after that, you know? And so we played, I think like the, the Rolex tournament, uh, the big one out in, uh, Tempe, uh, the, it used to be at the, uh, Karsten course, which Mm -hmm. I guess they're shutting that down. Uh, but even that I only played in probably two or three of those the next summer. Yeah. Cause it's like, well, you have a a college scholarship now. You need to play for competitive reasons, but you don't need to play for a scholarship. So no, you're not going to go play 10 tournaments. You're going to work and you're going to play golf. Yeah. So it's just kind of gets perfect timing and just taking full advantage of that win. Yeah. Yeah. And shoot, I I think that, I mean, you you see it on the big tour too, you know, all these little stories, you know, that it always comes together. Yeah. You know, and and it's kind of cool to see. Yeah. Is there anyone that you can remember playing against like at that level that you would either play against in college or just now that, I mean, maybe still on tour? Oh, goodness. Okay. So you want some of the names. Okay. So I played a lot of uh, junior golf with, uh, with Robert Streb, mm-hmm. you know, PGA tour winner now and I sell insurance. Um, so he, he was a local kid. Edmund, right? Uh, Edmund. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, played with uh, Webb Simpson quite a bit. Um, Did he still shank it when he was a kid? Well, when he was a kid, you know, he's, he's six, two. Is he really? Yeah. And so when I play with him, you know, 16, 17, you know, he had fully grown. Yeah. For all your listeners out there, I'm five foot seven. <laughs> so yeah, he, he's this big guy and he hit it a mile. Um, 
and I still think he gets, he gets it out there on tour, but he's not like a long, long, long hitter. Right. Uh, but yeah, when uh, that, that PGA junior, um, I played with him three of the four rounds. That I, you know, would see him in college and everything. Um, then obviously at, at school, I played with Anthony Kim and Carlos Del Moral. He, mm-hmm. He's he. I don't know if he's on the European tour still or not. But yeah, you you end up playing with a lot of guys that yeah. you see on TV, and you play with a lot of guys that you think are going to make it, and they don't. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> like I, I'm kind of coming into that now and seeing some guys who you just like they really weren't anything in in junior golf or in amateur golf. They were they were around, but they never won anything. Yeah, and now you're like shit these guys are winning on tour and then there's guys who are were winning yeah. and it's weird how that works isn't it you have guys who played friend of mine who played two walker cups and and one What's guy uh, reese pew okay. played two walker cups played out in college out here and turned pro and just now he's a pro works in a pro works in a pro shop somewhere back you. at back home i'm like you. what's going like this guy was supposed to be you know god's gift yeah. or whatever like yeah. what happened um and another one as well was growing up as a guy named zach um He's now a, got his doctor. He's a fitness doctor or whatever. Um, you know, does all that stuff with golf fitness. But I mean, he played junior Ryder Cup with Rory and these guys. Mm-hmm. And you know, like, you know, like what happened, kind of yeah. thing, right? You see all these people, but um, so you, you know, you win that tournament. You get all all the colleges come after you. Did was OU just an easy choice? I would not say all the colleges came. Well, after I know, me. but you have like how I mean, yeah, what? yeah, you there, have like a there were other right? options. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So why did OU jump out? Well, um, you know, so OU was, was the closest, you know, Oklahoma State was an option, uh, but, you know, Holder was the, the coach at that time, Mike Holder, and, uh, you know, I was going to get a book scholarship, and so that's a little different than yeah. other types of scholarships, yeah. um, Wichita State was in the running and a few other ones, but yeah, it was the closest, it made the most sense, and, and I'm glad I went there. Yeah. yeah. Who else was involved, can you say? Schools? Yeah, who was one in you? Down towards the end, it was those three. Yeah. I wish I would have, uh, you know, I don't even know what the NCAA rules are anymore. Uh, at that time, though, you could take five official visits. Mm-hmm. An official visit means you go, you know, typically like on a Friday night, um, you know, meet the team maybe, hang out with them. And then Saturday, you go to a nice football game. I wish I would have fully capitalized and went to five really cool college Every single, games. yeah, because you're not wine and dine, but you are taking fully You absolutely care are of, right? wine and dine yeah. for a 16-year-old or for a 17-year-old. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you know, they'll, they'll pay your, you know, airfare. So that would have been fun to go to, you know, Ohio State or Notre Dame or mm-hmm. Alabama now, you know, just a away football game like that. Yeah. Looking back, you don't necessarily have those opportunities now. No, no. There was, there's a we have a mutual friend who I know you play a bit of golf with down at Jimmy, who was uh, who threw the threw the ball at, at at OU. Let's just say he's a big golfer. He used to be a quarterback, and he was telling me some oh, of the stories. Sam. Uh, no, 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 no. Assistant backup QB. What's his name? He's gonna kill me when he listens to this. Anyway. He was telling me stories about when he got recruited and all the places they would take them. You talking about Noah Allen? I am, yeah. <laughs> Noah was telling me about going to yeah. Miami and some of the stuff that they would do down at Miami. He and, should be on your podcast. Yes, yeah, go, go to Miami. That would be fun. Yeah. yeah, but he he was saying that like some of the stuff that they would they would do with the kids to try and get them to come here and yeah. like you know just just create stories yeah. that aren't good for the people listening. Well, I, I assume <laughs> a, um, a football quarterback is different than of a, course than a golfer. Yeah, but, but, but yeah, yeah. He was saying that it was just. Yeah, it was it was it was crazy, and for the reason that that they tried to get him to go to Miami, his mom was like, "You're never going there ever again." Yeah, that's probably <laughs> but, right. Um, what was it like when you went to OU? Was uh, 
was Jimmy still around? Was Jimmy around that time? The golf course? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's been around for quite a while then. It, yeah. I mean, I, I think they built it uh, you know, in the 60s. Okay. But they had, they've had a lot of redos. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's in great shape now. Um, yeah. What was it like going from, you know, kind of, I guess, small town Mustang at that time yeah. to, uh, to you know, big kind of college town? Yeah. It, it, it was definitely different. I was the only freshman on the team when I was a freshman. And, um, you know, and we had a small team my first few years, you know, seven or eight guys. And, uh, you know, college golf, you know, cause I was still a decent student. I mean, I think my college GPA ended up being like a 3.5. Mm-hmm. Um, and so think about college golf, you play, you know, four or five tournaments in the fall, then you play seven, eight tournaments in the spring. So each tournament you're gone three to five days. So keeping up your schoolwork, um, while trying to be, you know, a very competitive golfer, it takes a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably worked harder then <laughs> than I do now. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was great though. Um, that's when OU football, I mean, they're still really good, but they were just awesome then. Um, so yeah, college was, was great. Yeah. What, uh, what was that like first qualifying round? Like, no, hell, I, I don't, Can't I don't remember. know the first <laughs> qualifying round. Is, yeah. No, no, um, some of the tournaments, um, yeah, I don't remember too well. I do remember one tournament my freshman year, though. Uh, you want some stories? Uh, so our first tournament at that time in the spring was in Puerto Rico. And it was like the second week of February. You know, it's just cold as can be here. And uh, so we're out in Puerto Rico, and I think we were out there for like five or six days, something like that. And uh, so I got two stories for you. So in, in the practice round, you know, college golf, your practice rounds, there's five guys on a team. You all play with each other. And then your coach, if you got one or two coaches there, they're watching you. And we weren't really playing that well. And I guess our coach was kind of upset that maybe we weren't playing well or taking it serious or anything, something like that. And so he, he kind of gets upset with us. And like on the, I don't know, hole was six or seven, he goes, okay, guys, if I see one more penalty stroke or one more ball out of bounds, you guys are going to run in the parking lot. And he has some, you know, choice words yeah. in that conversation that we know he's serious. So, you know, everyone's like, okay, no one, you know, and this is a practice round in Puerto yeah, Rico for yeah. out. And so we're playing, we're playing, we're playing. And sure enough, I'm the guy that hits one out of bounds, like on the 14th or 15th <laughs> hole. And so I don't remember what we, what resort we're playing at. Um, a, a few other guys have a few loose shots coming in too. And so we finished around and uh, the coach is like, all right, everyone go get your shoes on. Um, and gym shorts and literally in the parking lot of this resort, we start, we literally run for, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes. Yeah. So, so and, uh, and it's not cold like some, it is back here. Some trip, but yeah. So, so that turning anyway, getting to the actual tournament, we, uh, we play a few practice rounds and I shoot, it might've been one of my best college rounds. I think I shot six or seven under par and I was leading the tournament. And this was a big tournament because, you know, not only OU, but a lot of other schools are going to go there to get out of the cold weather. Um, and so the second round, this was one of those tournaments where they repaired after each round. It wasn't like a 36-hole yeah. tournament. So we're, we're, we're playing with Oklahoma State the second round. And, um, and so, you know, it's a shotgun start, and we're there on the tee, and Holder comes up to me on the tee. And I'm like, hey, good morning, Coach. And he goes, well, good round. I go, well, thank you. And there's like a three- or four-second pause. And then he says, we'll see if you can keep it up. And I'm like, here Thanks, I am, this you yeah. know, 18-year-old kid, or I guess I was 19 by then. I'm like, 
what a, you know, just. Yeah, what an asshole. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Especially, I mean, you know, because you didn't choose to go there you know? as well. And like, then sure enough, I shoot 74, 82, and it was, you know, <laughs> 30th or 35th, and he knew what he was talking about. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so. I'm sure that stuff still happens today as well. Just little things like that, um, I'm, you know? Yeah. There's got to be. Why not? It's, it's fun, too. Shoot. It is, yeah. Because I've seen both sides. If you're the coach, why would you not? Yeah, exactly. As a kid, you know? Yeah. So. What uh, what year was this? When was that? So that was uh, the fall of 05. Okay. February 2005. Yeah. And you said football was good at that point as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, what, 04, some, was that Jason White maybe? Or, uh, yeah, I think they lost in the national championship game. There, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So you had some pretty good OU football games to go to as well. You know, it was something back looking to. I was a dumb college kid. They were so good at that time. I went to all the games my freshman year, but later I didn't go to a lot of the home games because they were just blowouts. Yeah. Um, you know, so you'd go the first quarter or maybe the first half and that's it. Um, did and, you go and, to and did such you travel? Great seats too. Such great seats. Oh, yeah. You know? Did you travel to any of the games? Like when they got into the kind of. I would go to the OU Texas game. Yeah. But no, I wouldn't. I say that um, me and, and my golfing buddies uh, that we play with now. We would go to an away game every year. So at that time, A&M was still in the Big 12. So we would alternate going to Lubbock or going to College Station. So those are really fun towns. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So you you know, you, you have this tournament as a freshman. You go through the, the four years and, you know, Anthony Kim's on your team. But who else was on that team? So on that team, uh, we had a kid from Canada, Brody Flanders. He was really good. And then, so when I was a freshman, there were three junior college transfers that came in. Nick Sheedy, Justin Fraley, and Sean LaFontaine. He was from Canada as well. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I was the only kid from Oklahoma, the, the youngest on the team by far. There's another, um, Craig Lurie, he was a guy from Texas, was on the team, and, and Brad Purcell was on the team as well, and he was like a fifth-year senior. Mm-hmm. You still keep in touch with the boys that are on the team? No, not really. No? I guess yeah. none of them are from around here. I was going to say, yeah. Um, you know, Anthony was from L.A. I think he lives in Dallas. And the guys from Canada went back to Canada. Um, you know, so I'll, I'm friends with a few of them on Facebook. Yeah, so, yeah. But no, we're not. Any of them do anything buddies. good other than Kim, obviously, was played Ryder Cup and, and had his debacle or whatever he's doing right. now. Um, um, Carlos, oh, there's another kid from Spain, Carlos Del Morale. He was on the European tour for years, mm-hmm. uh, and he still might be for all I know. Um but, but he left pretty early on back to Spain. I think there were some, I don't know, uh, academic or just, you know, culture differences, but he wasn't here that long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which, I mean, shoot, if you think about 18 or 19-year-old going halfway. I mean, yeah. You did. I've done, yeah. Going halfway. <laughs> Coming to Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I would assume it would be different. And especially, what, 05 to, was it 05 to 09? Yeah. So, yeah, there wasn't really much going on in town at that point, was it? It was different, yeah. Yeah. What was it like being on the team with Anthony Kim then? Well, I mean, he like was, first impression. He, he clearly was way better than everyone else, um, and I mean way better. And he was he was always a really nice guy, really not good to his teammates. Mm-hmm. But he was like, how could I explain him? He was like a basketball. He wanted to be a basketball player. He was really good at golf. I mean, you think about golfers. You know, he would practice down there on the back end of uh, Jimmy Austin's range. Like in a wife beater and basketball shorts. Like he just wanted <laughs> to be his basketball player. Once again, really, really nice. And yeah. He, he was just really good. But yeah, I mean, we, um, 
they don't have this term anymore, but they used to have a term called the Maxwell down at Dornick Hills mm-hmm. in Ardmore. And it was always the tournament after Big 12s and before regionals. And what made that tournament different is all five players played with each other. You usually play with, you know, three or four other schools. So all five of us played with each other. So this was the first time I ever saw Anthony play in an actual tournament. And, you know, people ask, like, well, how is he so good? Why was he so good? And I said, well, I've seen him, you know, kind of play in practice rounds, just kind of mess around. I've seen him in tournaments. He hits it 40 yards past me. His irons don't curve, and he's a really good putter. Other than that, I'm just as good as Anthony Kim. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he was he, he was really, really good. Yeah, because you, you just watch him, and you're just like, how is And when he came out and just in that Ryder Cup that he destroyed Garcia – yeah. When Garcia at yeah. the time was like one of the best players in Europe. He's mm-hmm. like, I want Sergio. I'm going to go and take his head off. And he did. Well, and, and, and he was brash too. Oh, yeah. The which, giant belt buckle he was wearing and all the rest of it. Like his belt buckles. Yeah. 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 What was it like? Um, I mean, was it kind of a surprise to have him at OU because when he was that good? So he was a year older than me. Mm-hmm. And so I obviously didn't know anything about his like recruiting process. Uh but I think part of the story was, you know, he, he was brash. You know, some people thought, comp, uh, you know, cocky compared yeah. to confident kind of deal. And, you know, there was a chance that some other programs um, didn't necessarily want to bring that uh, to their program. Because OU at that time, you know, OU, they're, they're a top five program now and have been for three, four, five years. I mean, they won the national championship yeah. a couple years ago. But we weren't like that in 04, 05. Um, and so, you know. I think that was part of it. Some of the bigger programs didn't want to take that kind of a risk. Um, I haven't heard of, I don't remember all the specifics, um, but I think one of the bigger schools in uh, California, UCLA, USC, you know, one of those schools was going to give him like a 95% scholarship or 90%. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, who are you not to, you know, give me a full ride? <laughs> Is he like the Anthony Brown of, you, you of, uh, of golf right now? AB of golf? Oh, I guess so. Because he seems like a bit of a hooligan as well, doesn't he? Anyway. Um, well, yeah, like, you know, you, you spent four years at college and then did you, so did you graduate after four years? No, it, it took me four and a half. So that's why you went to become an assistant? No. Um, okay, kind of. So how all that worked, we had, we had a few assistants when I was there. In fact, my assistant coach, my sophomore year, that was the year that we won the Big 12 championship, uh, Derek Freeman, he left that year. And he went to UCLA, and they won the national championship the, the next year. Uh, but, yeah, we, we had a few different assistant coaches. But the assistant coach left kind of late my senior year. And so at that time, uh, I had a good relationship with the head coach. Um, I said, well, what are you going to do for the assistant deal? Because, you know, I'm, you know, I have a life to, to plan. Right, you know, yeah. And, um, and he was like, well, do you have any interest? And I was like, oh, absolutely. And so it, it was uh, basically we stopped playing. We did not make the national championship, lost the regionals. And I was the assistant coach maybe a week or two after that. Yeah. Yeah. And at that point, you were just like, golf is going to be my life. I'm going to go. I really thought so. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was your degree in? Economics. Okay. So not really got something to do so with golf. Nothing to do with yeah. golf, but looking back. Which is good I, now. I'm absolutely glad I have that. Yeah. yeah. So how long were you at OU for as an assistant? I was at OU for probably about a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like not just grad, that obviously wasn't grad assistant like a lot of people and people right. we know do now. It's like, do you know, do your master's, you can kind of hear it there. This was full-time assistant. I could be wrong at this, but I think I was, 
I, I shouldn't say, I, I don't know, but yeah, I was, I still had, um, a few hours to graduate, mm-hmm. but yeah, full-time assistant coach. Yeah. yeah. So you, like I said, got to see the full process of, you know, recruiting, traveling oh, yeah. around, going to all these tournaments oh, yeah. and, and seeing the talent. Is anyone there that when you, when you were traveling and people that stood out to you, they're like, this kid could be special. Maybe we can't get him, but. So, um, Yes. Uh, so, you know, right after, you know, I still had a little bit of playing ability at that point. I, I just got done playing. And so, you know, my kind of rule was if I see a kid that I know can beat me every time, he's going to be a stud. And there were certainly some kids out there. Um, one of them, you know, was Justin Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, he ended up being really good. Yeah. And there, his Alabama team at that time absolutely. was an absolute Speaking joke. Speaking of Alabama, there was another kid that went there. His name was Corey Whitsitt. Yeah. Um, and he was a stud junior player. And his dad, I might be wrong about this, but I think his dad graduated from OU. Okay. So the head coach thought that we might Isn't have Isn't his dad like a doctor or something? I think he's Like an doctor. eye doctor maybe? Um, something like that. By the time I got into the recruiting, it was pretty clear he was not coming to OU. <laughs> but, but there was a little connection there. But yeah, yeah, I would watch him play just in case something happened. And yeah, he, he was really good. I mean, they were a ton of great, great Didn't players. they win 10 or so? Was that the time that, um, uh, I forget his name. Who's the coach from OSU that went there as an assistant? Uh, the le- legendary coach from OSU McGraw McGraw didn't McGraw yeah. go to them for, as an assistant one year he did when did was he was that get, before he he left OSU was that 10 and 11 maybe yeah because I remember See, like the they I, just won I like, got out of golf it, yeah I, I, they won like yeah. 10, 10, of, 10 or 11 events in a row and anyways I know that there was a guy from the UK on that Alabama team I got you and he played Walker Cup that year and never made their top five yeah like he's like I'm, you know, one of the best players in the UK. I can't make the top how, five at Alabama. He just went home and turned pro. He's like, it's pointless me playing college yeah. golf. Well, I mean, some for some for some kids, college golf is not good because mm-hmm. I mean, there are things in college golf that you never do in junior golf, and then you would never do in professional golf. You know, some people don't like to play a practice round with five people. Yeah, it takes a lot longer. Um, you know, and if you're an absolute stud, why would you go to college? Where I mean, think about all the schoolwork. Um, you know, people go to college without either a job and or a sport and some people struggle mm-hmm. now throw in a sport where you're literally trying to be the best. And if you already are the best, you still have to be eligible. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think Adam Scott did that, he, yeah. you know, and, and, and a lot of folks, um, now the question is you have to be really, really good and know that that's what you're going to do. Um, but, but right. yeah, college golf is not necessarily a good indicator if you're going to be a good pro or not. Yeah. yeah, like I mean the the most recent winners on tour, um, Kevin Na. There Kevin Na, and then you have like Jack. Who's the guy from Chile? Jack and Neiman? Is it something like that? Oh, yeah. I don't know how you say his name, yep. but he's the what twenty years old, uh-huh. second second year on tour and wins. That's right, him. Yeah, you know, otherwise he's in college and yeah, taking online classes and doing all the rest of it. Yeah, so it seems like a giant burden, I guess, to go to sometimes if you're that I good. Mean, college golf is really really good, and you get a lot of exposure. And now. Um, and it's better now than it used to be, mm-hmm. uh, but still, I mean, you you have a coach that's you know what if you don't like your coach or what if you guys get crossways or yeah. you know most guys on tour now are big, athletic, strong guys, but you still have some you know pudgy guys stuff like that. Well, what if you have a coach that you have to go work out mm-hmm. that might that might hurt your golf game? Yeah, um, you know, and then you know you you have to go qualify. Well, some people get cranky about the qualifying process, and every coach does it differently. So yeah, college golf, um, that does not mean you're going to be a good pro by any means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
and vice versa. So. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, there's people that we were probably played golf against or with in college, and you're like, mm-hmm. why did they turn pro? They're never going to make a living. Yeah. And they do, and you're like, yeah. what am I doing wrong? <laughs> I think nowadays in the game, too, you just have to hit it so far yeah. to have a chance of being competitive. Yeah. I mean, I actually, so I was watching the tournament yesterday, and you know, Kevin Na is supposed to be a short hitter. Yeah. I saw, you know, his ball speeds in that playoff were like 172. Yeah. You know, I complained about my brother hitting it so far. So, you know, all you know, when a new driver comes out, I'll go and get fit and try to get something. And my ball speed's like 160, 161. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to step on it as you well. Know, oh, my goodness. Moving it maybe it, one mile. And, and it hurts me. And I fly it, you know, 260, and it's so great. And, yeah, you see these guys on TV, they fly at 285, and those are the short hitters. Yeah. Their ball speeds are 170 to 175, 180. It's just a different game. If, if you can't swing it. Oh, I don't know. I think the tour average now is 113, 114, but, I mean, that's the average. Yeah. I think if you can't swing at 118, 119. Stock, control. Ball speed yeah. at least 170 to 175, you have no chance in the professional game. Yeah, 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 definitely. You need to give me a call and let's go sell commercial Yeah, games. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll teach you how to get a good J job, but you can still play golf. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. It, it's such a different game now. Yeah. Um. What? So, you know, you, you, you do the – the assistant thing at, at OU, and then yeah. how, how did the Louisville thing come up? Well, I got fired from OU. <laughs> how was that? Well, I mean, uh, Ryan, I mean, we, we're, we're good friends now. But he came in from, from Georgia, and, and he brought his assistant in. Okay. And so— uh, This is the guy that's there now? Right. Okay. Right, yeah. Um, you know, funny story how OU works. They hire the golf coach at that time. I mean, Ryan Hibble, he had some background with AJG and stuff, but mm-hmm. his main in— his brother Nate was OU quarterback. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. You know, it's, it, keep it's, keep it, it in the family it, kind it, of well, thing. It's just yeah. amazing how, how it all works. Yeah, but yeah, he he came in. He he brought his assistant from Georgia, and so you know that that spring or excuse me that fall, I kind of have to decide do I still want to stay in golf? Da, da, da. And so that summer, I played in the uh, U.S. Uh, U.S. and Pub Links. I and wish that was still around. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I actually played well. I lost in the semis. You know, that tournament back then, if you won it, you know, you, you got to go play in the Masters. You yeah. got to play the U.S. Open. And um, I end up losing to Nick Taylor. So another guy, you know, he's on tour. Da, da, da. And I'm thinking, well, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe I have a chance of doing this professionally. Um, and so I go down to Florida for, uh, for about four months. And I live down there and I play um, Hooters tour events. Yeah. I played maybe 12 tournaments, and I made the cut like nine, I think nine times. I never had a great finish, but I would finish 10th and 15th and 20th, and I look at the end of it, and I barely break even. I mean, barely break even. <laughs> yeah. I play a really good golfer for, for, for me. That's how it is now, too, on the Adams Tour and Absolutely. stuff like that. And so thank goodness after that, I was like, no more trying to play for a living. And so then it was like, okay, am I going to get back into coaching or just go do something else? Um, and yeah, yeah. Um, the way that Louisville happened, it kind of was a, was a long story, but I wasn't at Louisville very long. Okay. Yeah. So when you were at Louisville, was Heinrich there, the guys from South Africa? No. Okay, because he was my assistant coach at SNU, and he came to SNU from Louisville. No kidding. Okay. Yeah. But small he, world. yeah, it was very small world. Yeah. He's uh, back in South Africa now. Louisville's a cool spot. Yeah. He said we had a great time. Team was great. Loved it. Just um, so, yeah. something to do with being an international and I think he might have had to say a year or something I whatever it was but one anyway one of those weird rules you're right yeah um but yeah you know he had great time and so you coached how long at Louisville for I wasn't there very long no. so 
when I moved back from Florida, this was maybe February, um, you know, I, you know, go. And go February of 2010, 11? Would have been 10. Okay. 10, yeah. And so, you know, I put uh, my uh, web, uh, my resume on, you know, some websites and everything. Because, you know, I, I need a job and yeah. make some money and have a, have a living. And so I put on a few different deals and uh, some people at OU, like in their academic offices, there's a, I don't know if there still is, but there used to be like a portal for academic All-Americans. I mean, you think if you're running a business, if you can hire an academic uh, or an academic All-American, okay, they're clearly somewhat bright. They they clearly can kind of manage their schedule to be a decent enough mm-hmm. athlete, but as well, you know, have academics. And so I, I throw my resume on there and then a bunch of other places. Go to Louisville, and this guy calls me about this commercial insurance deal. Um, and, he, and he found my, uh, uh, my resume on that website. And so that was, I, I did feel bad because, yeah, I went to Louisville, but I, I left in, uh, in June. Yeah. Yeah, just because... Time to get a job, kind of do something I want well, to do. Well, yeah, I mean, just, I mean, college golf is great, but, you know, college golf coaches, they don't make football. Um, That's crazy money. College football, coach yeah. money, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I look at potential money I can do doing this other deal, and it was, it was a. And actually play golf and very enjoy easy it. Season. Absolutely. Um, you know, if you're a college golf coach, for the most part, you don't like playing golf. Yeah. You know, going back to the recruiting part, if you're spending 10 weeks every summer, Watching punk kids, yeah, you know, thirteen to sixteen year olds play golf, and you're out there for ten hours a day. Sometimes, last thing you want to do when you get home is go play golf. Uh, now I love playing golf, right? You know, it's because I don't get to do it very much. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that was kind of how all that worked out. So, yeah, people listening that know you are going to give you shit for saying that you don't play golf very much. You play well, a lot more than most people. Oh no, I don't, no, Mike. Yeah, you do, Mike. I, I play once. If your wife's listening to this, we won't say how many times you play golf. That's right. Yeah. But, you know, it's getting into that was just the commercial insurance thing. Like, yeah, I can do this. It seems like fun. What was like the draw to that? Or was it just the first opportunity you had? I had no clue if I could do it, but I saw the potential, uh, you know, money that you could make. And I thought, well, that's a lot more than a golf coach. And so, yeah, that was what, and man, it's worked out. How long have you been doing that for? I started with that company in... um, in 2010, October of 2010 was when I started. So, I mean, it'll be, uh, it's been nine years. Yeah. yeah. It's gone fast. Some, some days. <laughs> <laughs> some days not very fast. Yeah. What, um, so as going back to like OU Golf, as an alumni, they seem to have like great programs you do, great things you do with the team. And it seems to have like just a huge sense of community with like the alumni and what the team is now. Is that right? Things you events that you just kind of go to. I know there's one event in Vegas you guys go to. Yeah, yeah. They. It's at Shadow Creek. Th- they have some really nice stuff. No, it's not Shadow. Well, I, I went and played in it twice. Okay. Um, it's it's called the Vickers Cup, and what they'll do is they'll invite back. You know, if there's ten guys on the team, they'll invite ten former players uh, to come back, and and you go play the team. And uh, when I did it, um, you know, it was at the end of January, so once again, really cold here. So it's an excuse for you know, the current team to go get into warm weather mm-hmm. and, you know, who doesn't want to go to Vegas, uh, for, for the former players. Yeah. So they'll always invite back, um, you know, the, the tour guys. So there's going to be three or four of those guys. So then there's a, you know, maybe six, six spots left for, you know, former guys like me. And so, yeah, they invited me a few years and, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. They just kind of go out and hang out with the team for a so week. So what and- we would do is we, um, on the trips I went on, we would fly in Friday morning and play golf, a quote practice round. Um, no, no, no. Friday afternoon, we would just play with with other um, you know former players, 
And so, yeah, one year I got to play with Todd Hamilton, which was, you know, was a lot of fun and some other donors and stuff. And then Saturday we play a practice round with the team. So two former players with two current players. And then Sunday morning you play the actual quote tournament. Um, and then once again, it's, it's kind of a, kind of like a Ryder cup format, so mm-hmm. to speak, you know, it, let's say it's me versus you and then my partner versus your partner and then me and my partner versus you and your partner. So there's kind of three matches within each group. Then you come home Sunday at night yeah. yeah great kind of weekend then it's a lot of fun yeah definitely do it again if i get invited back the thing is they're really good now i mean you know so, oh yeah so i think you have to be a significantly larger donor than <laughs> to get the invite um, yeah either really really good at golf or really really yeah. good with the uh, with the checkbook you, you got to be you know on, on the tour um have a really big checkbook and write them checks yeah mm. so. i was quite going to talk about golfers i was pretty impressed with answer that last year Abraham answer the he's things that done. he's done. Like yeah. I'm, another one who I mean, kind of followed a little bit. He was decent, mm-hmm. but now you know he's come out on the European tour and done amazing. Well, and, and on the PGA and on PJ tour, yeah. it gets to you know gets yeah. gets the all the way to you know tour championship and and plays Absolutely. very well. Absolutely, you know yeah, he, he seems he's like done he's really well. I don't think I mean you know he was an All American, um, but there's been other All Americans that haven't made it. Yeah, know, but he he's done really well. I, I don't know him personally, but he seems like a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. Is there anyone else that kind of stands out that's coming, or anyone you got your eye on that you think could really do well? I mean, they have a player right now. We were talking about earlier, uh, Quade Cummins. He's a stud. Um, I think he'll have really because he's a, he's a big old guy, hits it a mile, good putter. Um, but shoot, you never know. Right. I mean, you know, Brad Dalkey probably has a really good shot. I mean, he finished second in the amateur. Um, both you know, Oklahoma guys, too. Yeah, both Oklahoma guys. There's so many good guys, but you never know. I mean, shoot, look at OSU. Yeah. A year ago, I, I mean, some people might have said uh, those two kids, but, I mean, they, they won on tour within a month after leaving OSU. That's insane. Insane. So you never know. Yeah. And that's another thing, too. It's like everyone was kind of like, oh, Wolf's going to be awesome, and then – out of nowhere, Hovland's like mm-hmm. in you know, in his shadow and goes and wins the AM and wins a bunch of other stuff. And then you think you, you think that like Hovland's going to go first, and out of nowhere, Wolf's then he turns pro and wins. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. I love it. Like from a golfing perspective, you know, I'm oh, sure cool. you know just having these guys come out at 20 to 25 years old yeah. winning on tour. Uh, and like it's just normal golf to them because the level of college golf now is so good. It's Absolutely. such a natural progression and it's not like you know you're coming out of college golf and you're going playing mini tours and you're working your way up like i guess the tiger days and you're getting on tour 10 you know 10 years after being a pro and and now too i mean for the most part i would say college golfers hit it further than the pros right now yeah and that's a big you know um and that's a big reason if you can hit it really really far and have success at call it in in the college game you have a good shot at making it on the big tour especially if you can keep all the other stuff out you know i mean you still have a um, life you know some people struggle with different issues you might have you know family issues i mean at some point you might want to get settled down or not settled down mm-hmm. uh, all that if you can do all that and play golf but i think that hurts some folks is, yeah definitely you know, even if you're just just looking at the contracts that you sign from turning pro after a good college career you know you got you got your equipment manufacturers coming at you your clothing manufacturers are throwing money at you and then and then you've got to go and make a living yeah, see, Mike, I don't know anything about that stuff, <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, seems like bad problems to have, so. Yeah, but it's, uh, I, I, I was, I'm amazed every year, I always look every year to see, like, what 
the you know 125 to 150 on the tour is to see like you know they rank it up how much money they've made and missed yeah. and like missed out and i think 120 176 or whatever it was the person that finished it might have been 126 made like four hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars and didn't get their card for next year well so yeah look at that but then look at the guy who finishes 76th on mm-hmm. the web if you finish 76 on the web you're a very good player. Yeah. Very good player. We haven't made any money. I mean, I'm curious what that number is. Yeah. Uh, but especially when you throw in, let's say you've played 20 events, all the cost of that, I think that you can make more money, um, you know, working at the post office probably. Oh, and, I don't doubt that. Those, those traveling expenses. Yeah. And the, level, and the level of golf from that guy on the web who just misses his card and has to go back and go do the whole, mm-hmm. you know, three stages of Q school and all that. He is not that much different than the guy. I mean, for sure, the top 50 on the big tour. But if yeah. you go 51 down to 150. There's a lot of names you've never heard before. Yeah. And won't ever hear on the you leaderboard. Know, and, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, that that line is so thin. Um, oh. Yeah. Well, I think Creel is probably one of them, right? Well, Josh well, Creel. Well, well, there you go. Yeah. Well, didn't You know, I think Christian Ventura comes out of OSU and beats him in a playoff. In that playoff. And and I think he was close in, in the playoffs as well yeah. to doing it. I think, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he was, I think. But I, even that, though, he, he finished, what, 27, 28, 29, something on the normal list? Yeah. So, he, so he's, he's making made, a profit. So, so he made good money. Uh, but, yeah, he uh, is he still on web this year? I think so. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but he's good enough that, that he'll, he'll have a chance. But, yeah, let's say that he gets... I don't know, gets gets a little sick, gets like the flu or something. Yeah. This is two or three weeks and gets into a bad deal. And before you know it, you lose four or five weeks of play. Really good player. And let's say that you finished 100th. Well, there you go again. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that that would be tough. I mean, those, th- those guys are in a whole whole different world. Yeah. And it's I don't understand why. I, I'm sure there's some politics behind this. But, you know, back home you've got, you got the Euro Pro, which is like the Adams tour here. And then you've got like if you win like the Euro Where are you Pro from, Mike? Wales, you I knew that yeah of course <laughs> you did I thought you were so, from Australia <laughs> no I get that all the time so if you're so like there's always like a step ladder if you win one tour you get to the next yeah. and the next yeah there's not that out here you just have like Web or Corn Ferry whatever it's called now like before that you you've got to get to the web before you can kind of get on yeah i mean there is kind of through pjs or canada and then latin america but yeah, like there's but nothing there, in the state I mean, that's you like got a top five on those right and that's exactly golf. yeah um, and it's very yeah, expensive it, it, it to be in canada be different. Oh, oh goodness yeah you know? um and down in latin america and china and all that um yeah they used to have just the you know normal q school and shoot i remember um you know jb holmes i think he won it the year i graduated mm-hmm and boom on tour ever since yeah they took that away whether it's good or not yeah. you know um but yeah it's harder than ever to get on tour now it's it's hard yeah yeah it's it, i i you know we've all got friends who are playing mini tours and like they're you know they're doing you know all these mini tour events and and they some of them have sponsors some of them don't but it you it's very hard to do on your own if you're coming out of college and you've got no money behind you. I I think it's almost impossible. And the stress you're going to have with the money if, if someone's giving you sponsors. If, if sponsor you don't money. have a sponsor or come for money, I'm sure there are some guys that do it, but I would say 95% of guys cannot do that. Yeah. It's almost like the way that you have to do it is crush it in college and just take full advantage of the invites that you get you coming out of college. Well, yeah. And, and now there are more opportunities for really good college players to get starts. Yeah. Th- than there were 15 years ago. Um, shoot, I, there's even uh, 
what's that web event? Um, it's at Ohio State's uh, the Scarlet Course. But I think if you're like an all a first team All American, you get a start. Oh, great! Um, yeah, there, there's a lot more starts now than there used to be. Yeah, but but yeah, but the the pool is so much larger. You know, there's so many more good players too. Yeah. It's impressive. And like I said, you, you see someone all the time who's like, why are you not on tour? And you're like, well, it's like fine margins, fine lines. Yeah, fine. And you know, you, you got to shoot five under every round. Yeah. You can play really good golf, shoot three under, 12 under for a tournament, <laughs> lose money. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, everyone, uh, you see a lot of these guys. I played the US mid a couple of years ago. Okay. And a lot of these guys who are like finishing in the top 10, top 15 of the US mid uh -huh. are all ex-pros. I would assume, yeah. The they're all just coming back, and they're like, oh, you know, just, I got a job, and now I'm a mid-am. Of course, yeah. But they, they don't really work. They play 10 or 15 mid-am events a year, and they still play their pro schedule, kind of. What but a good life. Yeah. What a life that is. <laughs> um, you know, like people, I don't know if Stuart Haggisad was a pro before. I assume he was, but, like, he comes out, you know, he plays great golf and yeah. plays the Masters. Sure. And, you know, he does well in the Masters, and then you have, you know, some guy on Good Morning America is like, why are you not playing as a professional? Yeah. He's like, it's not for me. Because I'm not good enough. It's not I good mean, enough. Yeah, you know, yeah. he finishes, what, top 30 or makes well, the cut in well, the Masters. Well, that's the question. I mean, the reason that mid-ams don't play professionally, they are not they good know. enough. They know. And that's yeah. how good they are. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a, you should you should try and play in that next year. It's a fun thing. I'd love to. You well, got to. It's good. I mean, it's not hard. I say it's not hard. If I can qualify, anyone can qualify. <laughs> uh, but no, we were lucky to have four spots. I played, like, junk this year, so I didn't get to go. But I had a friend who went, and just, it's one of the best tournaments you know, ever. Speaking of really good mid-ams, here's a name for you. Uh, Trip Keeney. Yeah. Okay. So here's a story for you. My wife was out of town doing something and had the kids. So we had a free weekend, or, or I had a free weekend here. And so when there's a free weekend, you know, I call the guys. I'm like, hey, let's play, you know. If we can, Friday afternoon, 36 Saturday, you know, plays much. Full advantage. Yeah. yeah. So this was, I don't know, probably two years ago. And um, it's one of those days that you know it's just going to rain all day. And sure enough, you wake up Saturday, you know, we were going to play down at Jimmy Austin, 730, then again at 1. And, uh, you know, you wake up and you see this line of storms. And it's just horrible. I mean, I remember calling like two and three of my buddies, because one of them had a free weekend as well. Their yeah. wife was, was out of town. So we were going to play golf. And it's like, it's not going to happen. But the forecast was in eastern Oklahoma. Maybe it wasn't going to rain as much or the chance of rain wasn't as much. And so I convinced three of our buddies that we're going to go play golf in Tulsa instead of here in Norman. Yeah. Okay. And so we, you know, we're all excited. We call uh, that Cherokee Hills. Mm -hmm. um, so we go up there and we have a great round. Um and shoot, we're just going to keep going 36. One guy couldn't, uh, you know, make the afternoon round, so he drives home. So there's three of us up there, me, my brother, and, and another guy. And so we're, we're playing the second round, and it starts to – finally the rain kind of caught us. And so, uh, you know, we don't like playing golf in the rain. So we play two holes. We're like, well, forget this. Uh, but, you know, Cherokee Hills is right by that really nice casino. And so, you know, we hop in there. Maybe we're just going to play blackjack, you know, for, you know, 20 or 30 minutes kind of a deal. Turns into four hours. <laughs> so we're in there. And within maybe 30 minutes of in there, you know, we're all kind of losing, about ready to go. And I see a guy. I'm like, that's Trip Keeney. And uh, my brother's like, that is Trip Keeney. And uh, our other friend, uh, he goes by T.O. He's like, well, who the hell is you know, Trip Yeah, Keeney? little T.O. And so yeah. we, just, we just scream, Trip! And he turns around because, you know, he thinks like we're his buddies. And right. Everything. He comes over and I'm trying to explain to T.O. I'm like, this guy almost beat Tiger 
in the U.S. Amateur. He's played the Masters multiple times. He's won mid-ams. Anyway, he sits down at our blackjack table. I guess he lives up in, or at the time, lived, lived right. up in, in Tulsa because he used to live in Dallas. And, yeah, so we ended up playing blackjack with him for, like, three or four hours, have a great time, and come back that night. And it, it was a great day. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Do you end up playing golf on Sunday? No, no. No? We, Rained all weekend? We were too tired, yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Um, back to, I guess, present day. You're still, you know, yeah. still doing the insurance game. Oh, yeah. If anyone's listening, they want insurance. Oh, well, yeah. Give me a call. Plug it. Yeah. How do they reach out? Rich and Cartmill Insurance. Give me a call. 532-1462. No, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, uh, thanks yeah, for having us. Thanks. You know, sharing the story and, and giving people listening a little insight into Oklahoma golf from I mean, 04 to now. No one's going to listen to this. Yes, but, they but are. But the few people that do because it's your podcast. Yeah. Hopefully they get some entertainment. Maybe. Yeah. Chad Trimble. <laughs> T.O. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. We'll catch you next week. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram. This podcast was produced by Mike Hearn and Ian Weston, mixed by Alan Brown, with music by Chad Duro.